the City Hill podcast. We really hope you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.london. Today we're just going to be continuing on with our, our, our series. We're going to be going through the book of Hosea, which is one of those books in the Bible where I'm not being funny if you know anything about Hosea. It's one of those books where when you read it, you're like, is that like legit? Is that, are you for realsies? Is that actually in the Bible? Today what I'm going to talk to you about is there's one name which I love that features in there. It's called Jezreel. And so today's talk I want to talk to you about is Jezreeli because this is just such a weird and crazy story. So if you want to have a look, if you've got a Bible, it's on the City Hill app. You can open it there at the bottom with the little book icon. Or if you want to open it on another app or something, then we're looking at Hosea chapter 2. So say to your brothers, you are my people, and say to your sisters, you've received mercy. Plead with your mother, plead, for she is no longer my wife, and I'm not her husband. Then she may put away her cheating um, from her face and her adultery from between her cheese, you know, intimate bits. There we go. At least I, I leave her exposed like the day she was born and make her like the wilderness and like a parched land and kill her with thirst. Upon her children also I have no mercy. This passage is just all like crazy, crazy hurt, crazy judgment. And we're going to get around to what this is about and what this really means. For their mother has, has cheated. She's gone away. She who conceived them has just acted so shamefully. And I will, um, she decided I will go after my lover's who will give me all the things that I need. And uh, he says, I will hedge up the way with thorns. Um, he goes on to say, she shall pursue her lovers, but I will take them. She shall seek them, but shall not find them. And then she will say, I will go back to my first love, to my, fir- to my husband, for it was better than me, for me then than it is now. And she did not know that it was I who gave her all these good things. I was the one I provided, the, the wine, the oil, who lavished on her silver, gold, which they used for, for Baal. Therefore, I will take back all these things in this season. I will uncover the lewdness in the sight of her lovers, and no one will rescue her out of my hand, and I will put an end to, to all these things. And then it goes down to verse um, 14, chapter 2. Therefore, behold, I will, I will allure her, I will, I will entice her, I will bring her back to the place where we met, the wilderness, and I will speak tenderly to her. And there I will give her vineyards, I will make the valley of of Acor, a door of hope, which is a place which was so messed up. The story of stuff that happened there was just really, really brutal. And so he's saying that a disaster out of that kind of a place, there'll be hope. And there she shall answer in those days as of her youth, as a time when she came out of the land of Egypt. And in that day, declares the Lord, you will call me husband and no longer will you call me my bow for I will remove the names of bows from her mouth and they shall not be remembered by her anymore. And I'll make them a new promise, a new, new wedding vows on that day. And he just says that he'll pour out his love and his grace. And then verse 21, And in that day I will answer, declares the Lord, I will answer the heavens, and they shall answer the earth, and the earth shall answer the grain, the wine, the oil, and they shall say, Jezreel. And I will sow her for myself in the land, and I will have mercy on no mercy. And I will say to not my people, you are my people. And they will say, you are my God. So all of that is like a bit of a, like a, bit of a mixed bag. But if we go back to like last week, the way this, the story kicks off with Hosea is he's like a prophet in the nation of Israel. He's like a social innovator. He's a lawmaker. He's like a, a guy who has huge influence. The things that he says carries real um, weight, real clout. And, and he's someone who's helping to shape their nation. 
And there's certain things that happen with guys in his position. He's meant to speak exactly what God says, like 100%. If he doesn't, then people throw rocks at him until he dies. That's their culture. That's the world they grow up in. I'm not co-signing it. It's just how it was in that time. That's how it was going down. Now, Hosea goes along and he says that God's told him to, 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 to marry a woman who's on the street corner, like, like a prostitute. And so the people of Israel are watching this and they're kind of like, hold on a second, you're supposed to be this social innovator, you're supposed to be this, this lawyer, you're supposed to be this, this, this role model, this, this figure we hold up here. And you're saying God's told you to do this. And what happens in their society is you watch and you see what happens. And then depending on how it goes would be whether Hosea would get to live or not. And so this story is going through the motions. And, and the first week we talked about their marriage and how it starts off and the names of their children. Now, the first name of their children is Jezreel, which means like loved. It means like the Almighty sows. So it's like if the Almighty sows, it means his love, his grace upon your life because they relied so heavily upon their crops and that kind of stuff. So that kind of phrase means love. The second kid they have is like no mercy. The name is no mercy. And then the third and the final kid is called not mine. And the reason for that is because the third kid is literally 100% not his, not his child. And actually probably the second kid isn't his either. And so there's this moment at the beginning of chapter two where he's sitting basically the kids down, although this is actually being said to the whole nation, but the way he talks about to the whole nation is he addresses them as if addressing the family and his own children. He basically sits them and sat down and says, hey kids, we need to talk about mum." Like, I don't know if you've noticed she hasn't been here for a long time. I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm doing the school run, I'm doing the pickup, I'm doing the cooking, I'm doing the cleaning, I'm doing everything. I don't know if you noticed, mum's not here, mum's not coming back. Kids, we need to talk about mum. God has some really difficult home truths that he needs to bring. The thing I love most about it is actually the first thing he does before he talks to them about all the painful stuff, all the difficult stuff, is he centers them and he, he centers them on two statements. So before he goes in laying out judgment, before he goes in saying there's no mercy, before he goes in saying um, you're not my people, he begins with this and he ends with these two, two key, key statements. He says, say to your brothers, because the brother is called this. He says, say to your brother, you are mine. And then he says, say to your sister, you've received mercy. So he's basically sitting the kids down going, hey, we need to talk about mum, but before we talk about mum, I need you to know you're mine. And the kid's like, but dad, look at me, I'm a different race. Like, I can see I'm not yours. And he's going, listen, no matter what I'm about to say, no matter what you're about to hear, no matter what goes on, you're mine. It's the opposite of Jeremy Kyle or like, I don't know, one of those guys where the dad runs around the place doing laps like, the kid's not mine, the kid's not mine. He hasn't got to pay support each month or that kind of thing. He's going, let me sit you down, let me just censor you no matter what. You are mine, I love you. We're in this, say to your brother, because he's talking to like Jezreel, as in like, you need to understand Jezreel that you are loved, you're great, you're mine, everything was going great in our marriage, things have been a bit rocky now, I need you to center us, I need, we all need to center together, say to your brothers, you're mine, and say to your sister, you've received mercy, even though her name means, have no mercy. You know, have, have you ever noticed that it's always easier talking about someone else? Have you noticed that? When it comes to something painful, or it comes to like some home truths, it's always easier to talk about someone else's business. It's always talk, easy to talk about Khloe Kardashian and like, uh, let's all talk about her, her and Jordan and like, let's all go watch the, this show that's streaming online so we can find out all about their, their stuff that they've got going on. Yet, none of us are going like, hey, I'm doing a live, live casting of like myself talking about my stuff. Hey guys, anyone want to hear my junk today? You know what I mean? We don't do it, we don't do it, but we all log in to hear about this celebrity's life going on here or this scenario over here. So what Hosea is all about is he's talking about his family, but the whole time he's talking in this book, he's never actually talking about his kids. He is talking about them and he is talking about his wife, but he's not. 
He's talking about Israel. He's talking about us. He's talking about people. And just remember when we talk about the kids and we talk about the mum, the whole time he's not really talking about them. He's talking about me, he's talking about you, and me, you and Dupree. And this is actually about us. I was listening to a song this week by, um, oh, it's an old school song, uh, The Conversation by Texas. Has anyone ever heard that song? No, no, it is that old school, that remote. Uh, it was one of those ones, you know, when, when Apple just throws up a shuffle and you're like, hmm, okay. And it was just this thing, I want to read a couple of lyrics to you. Anytime we have a conversation, it's never what you want to hear. It's funny how words can hurt you, even after all these years. I want to make an observation about how you tell your world apart. And every time I try to tell you, you blame it on your fickle heart. How they're hurting you when they're not deserving you, are so afraid of you. It's time to have a conversation. Give it up. Never going to hold you up. You've always been afraid of love. It's time to have a conversation. I had a moment this week where I, I felt like I needed to have a conversation. The thing about Hosea is it's all about the conversation. And the conversation is we need to talk about mom, but actually what he's really saying is we're going to talk about this over here, but really what we're talking about is you. What we're really talking about is me. What we're really talking about is our pain, our situation. And there's a couple of questions that Hosea does. It's like a highlight reel that reminds us to have a conversation, an honest one with God to find true freedom. Um, do you feel cut off? Have you blown up recently? Have you just like flipped it, lost the script? Because most of the time, it's never about the thing we lose it over. I don't know if you've noticed that. I've noticed in marriage that it's like a game of minesweeper sometimes. Every now and then I'm walking around and then bang, and Jody's really upset. And it's like, whoa, where did that come from? It's never about the toilet seat that I left up. It's never about the toothpaste that I squeezed from the wrong end. It's never about that kind of stuff. She never has a guy that stuff, she's cool. But I'm just saying it's never about the thing you think it's about. It's always something deeper that's been going on. And it's always a case and a highlight that says we need to have a conversation because there's something I've been doing that you haven't let me know about that's been building this thing up. I found out this week I had a moment where I was like, you know what, I need to have a conversation. Not necessarily Jody about any of her stuff, because like I said, Jody is cool. I'm the I'm the rebate in our relationship, um, but I need to have a conversation with God. I need to get some things off my chest. I need to talk about some hurts. I need to work through some different things. I want to ask a question to every single one of us today: Is there something we need to have a conversation with God about? At the moment, mental health is such a huge issue in the UK. Everyone's always talking about it. One of the things about us as human beings is we're like gas canisters. And as the pressure builds, the pressure builds, the pressure builds, there's only one way for it to go, and that's to explode. One of the things that I found so helpful in my life has been prayer, because I find as a gas canister, when I talk to God, I can have this honest conversation without having to pay 40 pounds an hour to a counselor, where I could just release some of that steam. I can release some of that pressure out, so that I don't just have that moment where I just flip the switch and I just, boom, blow up everywhere. Is there a conversation? Is there something you need to talk to God about? It then goes on to talk through like this whole thing of judgment. There's this scenario that plays out. So one of the things it talks about in Hosea chapter two is like the, the, the repercussion. A lot of the language, you and I will miss most of it because actually the way they're talking is he's talking through like their court and legal proceedings for divorce. Because what he says to the kids at the beginning is, me and your mom, we're not together anymore. We're separated, we're divorced, we're done. This is, this is broken, this isn't working anymore. And then he starts talking through the things that would happen not all the time, but often in their society. Like, the, 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 they had a culture like of, of shame and openness and the society would look in and would frown upon certain things. And he starts talking about all the repercussions of this divorce and how things would be separated and how the things he was doing for her, he would no longer be doing for her. Which is where he talks about her being like stripped bare because he provided so much for her. He'd taken her off the streets like in Amsterdam or actually Amsterdam's pretty classy, I don't know, some like really like, kind of broken kind of situation. He's taken her and he's like 
like a millionaire in their society. He's a real high influencer. It's like Fifty Shades of Grey all over again. Like he's just like turned her entire life around. But instead, in this time, she's not doing things with him. She's taken the garments he's given her, the gold he's given her, and she's used it to entice. So it's not like she's been seduced. It's not like some guys come up and gone like, hey, how you doing? Um, let's talk, let's have a chat, let's go for a drink. She's run after those those types of people. And so God's judgment starts to come into place. He starts to go, well, hey, this is how it is. And he starts talking about judgment. When we talk about God and we talk about judgment, people start freaking out. But actually one of the things we learn in Hosea is they have a, have a conversation, like that Texas song that no one knows. Uh, we have to have a conversation about some of this stuff because actually the point is, the point isn't to like bring SmackDown versus Raw. The point is, for restoration. The point is for them to come back together. So the whole way through it, he starts talking about, we're separated, these are the results, this is what happened, you need to know why mum's not here anymore. She's gone off, she's been chasing after all these different guys and all this stuff's been happening. I don't know if you've noticed, but you're not mine, you're not mine, uh, but you are mine and I love you and there is mercy for you. And he's just painting this really difficult situation and he's handling it, but he's talking about the judgment, the repercussions of the things that happen. But with the view to healing his family unit. And one of the key things that I found about God is I found all the times in my life where I felt like God wants to talk to me about judgment, it's always been for a view of bringing me to a really healthy place in my life. It's never been like, Annie, this stuff you're doing is messed up, you're just messed up. It's always been, Annie, this stuff that's going on in your life is a bit messed up, how about we flip the script? How about we change this and we mix this up? So divorce is real, or should I say Israel, because when he talks to the nation, that's what he's talking about. He's not just talking about Goma, the white woman that Hosea marries, he's talking about the people. And so this whole time, they've been gathering stones ready to kill Hosea. People have been talking about, we need to kill this guy. This guy is false. This guy's a faker. He's not a legit prophet. And there comes this moment, which we'll be talking about next week and the week after, we'll be do, digging a lot deeper into. But he starts to stand in front of the nation and he starts talking about his home life, defending himself. But actually he flips it and says, guys, actually this was never really about me. This was never really about my wife. And we see where he flips the script in the passage I was reading where he said, and she was calling out my name, Bao. Like Baal is a God that the people worship that God detested. Like it was, a, it was a foreign God, totally different to him, different set of values, different way of, of living, the way they, the, the children were treated, sometimes sacrificed, things like that, was so abhorrent towards who he was. And what he talks about is he talks about like the marriage bed and she's calling out Baal instead of him. And there's this hurt. And so when they're reading this, this script and as he's saying it, they're thinking like, okay, here's the case. He's talking about all this stuff that's going on in his marriage. But then he flips up my bow and they're thinking like, what? What the heck? This doesn't make any sense. And then they start to realize that the penny starts to drop because they're having a conversation about Hosea's wife, but actually the whole time they haven't been talking about Hosea's wife. They thought they were talking about this. They thought they were logging in for Kylie Jenner and Jordan talking about their little shenanigans. And they realized they've logged in to talk about themselves. And they come to this moment where the penny starts to drop and they start to realize, oh my days, he's not talking about his family, he's talking about me. Oh my days, he's not talking about them in their situation. He's talking about me and how I've been unfaithful. He's talking about how I've lived my life in a way to the disregard of my community, my family, my sphere of influence. How I've lived my life so self-obsessed spending my whole life taking selfies, never flipping it around, taking pictures of anyone else. I lived my whole life so self-obsessed that I've been okay just chasing after money, getting a, a bigger house, a better car, while I know people are dying of starvation. Like 10,000 people 
within the next two days will die of starvation alone, pooing themselves to death, literally, in, in the continent of Africa alone. Just 10,000 people like that. We will dump millions of tons of food every year, of grain alone, to keep the value of grain up rather than feed those people so that there's more profit in the coffers. That's the world we live in. And so what happens in this moment is the script is being flipped because we all like to sit there and think we're good people. It's other people who are the scumbags. And in Hosea, the nation are talking about the scumbag and the scumbag is Hosea and his family and how we've got to kill this guy. He's a problem, can't have a prophet rolling around like this. And then he goes, actually, God's been using my life to talk to all of us and school us all and make us realize who we are. This is like the original moment where Jesus is with the woman who's about to be stoned, um, not weed, um, actual rocks and killed um, for, for her affair. Like, woman about to get stoned in the New Testament. That happened there? No, no, not like that. She's about to be killed, and he says, he is about sin, cast the first stone. This is the first time that happens. The whole nation is gathered to hear this social innovator, and they're ready to kill him. They've, they've rocked up in record numbers, not because they want to hear what God's got to say. They want to see a guy get killed. Like in the medieval times, when people go out and see the stockings, people have rocked up to see this guy get the smackdown. But then he, he flips it straight at the end, and he lets them know, you know what, this is where it is. It was great. The wedding was great. The marriage was great. My first kid was loved and everything was great. God was sowing into everything and it was so cool. But then we lost our way and there's no mercy here. There's no love and compassion for the, the wider community around us. We're so self-obsessed. But now we're to the point where this kid's not even mine anymore and, and we've gone our separate ways and mom's gone and the whole thing is broken. But then he says, I want you to know I'm planning our second wedding. That's what he says. That's how he ends the prophecy in chapter two. I'm planning a second wedding. We're going to say some new vows. It's going to be this beautiful moment. And he says, where I will bless them and they will say, Jezreel, the almighty sows. I will sow her for myself in the land. I will have mercy on no mercy. I will say to not my people, you are my people. And they will say that you are my God, which is what happened after the Exodus. They stood by a mountain and they said, you are our God. And he said, you are my people. And they entered into this marriage covenant. And their DNA was the law of God and who they were going to be. And here again, he's saying, we're going to come back to this place where it's centered around love. And it's centered around something beautiful. I guess today, the thing that, that sticks out to me the most is when I look at that story and I think about me and I think about who I am and I think about the things that I've done throughout the course of my life and the way I've lived my life and the choices I've made, some of them great, some of them good, some of them not too hot, some of them downright terrible. And when I start to think about God looking at Andy and who I am and the things I've done and going like, there's mercy for you. Or you're not my kid, but I'm calling you my kid. Man, I'm just left going, just really? Really, you're gonna sow into me? Are you crazy? Me? Man, this morning, I guess, the question I have for each and every one of us is, maybe we're aware of who we are. Maybe we, we came today, we're not really, we never really thought about it, never really given much thought to it. Maybe we've never really thought about how we treat others or how we play a part of a cog in a system that doesn't really work and just keeps things going over. Maybe we've never really thought about how we could use the little we have to bring about change and social innovation within our communities and our families and our friendships and our relationships. Maybe we've never thought about the fact that actually it's not always looking out there at Chloe and Jordan and other people, but looking closer to home about who we are and what we've got wrong. Maybe it's actually taking time each week to look at ourselves afresh 
because I want to let you know something. You know that moment when you actually have self-evaluation and you look at your hurts and your failures and you start talking to God for real about them? Do you know what happens? You release so much out of the gas canister. The levels of stress, the levels of anger and hurt. Going through life, faking it like there's nothing wrong with ourselves and that we are not broken when every human being I've ever met is broken. Every single one. I've never met a non-broken human being. While we walk around talking about like we are, we just keep that canister up and there comes a day when it goes bang. And you may think things are cool today, you may think things are cool in the future, but there's a day when the canister blows up. And actually you have to have those constant moments of going, let's just release some of that gas. I can't believe my own hype anymore. I've got to come to God in a way where I need to receive mercy. I need to know I'm his kid again because I'm full of all doubts. And when I think about God being my father, I'm left just going, Jez, really? For real, you're going to sign in my life? No way, no way. I'm going to pray for us and then that'll be it um, for today. Father God, I thank you for your grace and your mercy towards each and every single one of us. I thank you that you love us as we are. I thank you you've never left us that way. I thank you, God, that you've always received me regardless of the stupid things that I've done, regardless of the way I've treated people, all those kind of things. You've always received me and you've always taken the time to help me pursue a better way than the way I've always embraced before. Father God, I pray that today would be a Jezreeli moment for us, a moment where we would wake up to the fact that actually the Almighty wants to sow into us. But when he wants to sow into us, it's never for the selfish gain of just being inward focused and looking at ourselves, but always that we could be outward focused towards our communities, loving those around us, that we could take hold of those that we could easily look at and say, they are not mine, but we can be like God and say, you are mine and taking on people in our community who don't have anyone who's there for them, that we can step out for those who do not receive mercy and we can give them mercy. I pray this week, Lord God, you give us opportunities with those around us who, who desperately need not only your love, but for us to step up and pour out our love in Jesus' name. Amen. We really hope you enjoyed today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.london.